Welcome to the Octave Sweat Equity Podcast, a show designed exclusively for gym owners and fitness enthusiasts like you. I'm your host, Mark Forzi. In September, we explore the theme of culture as the core personality for a business. And when trying to think of who to interview this month, our next guest was an absolute no-brainer. The business and the brand that they've built has a larger-than-life personality and a global membership base, which is more like a fan base than anything else. So we're going to be unpacking what is the magic formula that has everyone hooked. Today, I'm chatting to Andrew Rothschild, co-founder of Sweat 1000. Andrew, so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for making the time. I know how busy you are. Um, to jump straight into it, if we talk about culture, you know, the way I usually define company culture is that it's the personality of a business. And this personality of the business is made up of the personality of the people in the business. And that comes from all their values. Um, and it's really like the core that drives the decision making in the business and, and the way it makes people feel when they attend um, your business. So you've obviously built Sweat 1000 along with Paul, um, your brother, and you've built a very, very successful business that I think you should be very proud of. Um, what's, how would you define the Sweat 1000 culture? Okay, well, great to be here and uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I really believe that if you follow your passion in life, everything just flows. And, um, the culture we try to create is, you know, having spent the last 30 years in the fitness industry and seeing what, what attracts people and what retains people as opposed to what pushes them away, um, is how we've, we've over the years defined the culture in our business. And that is to make people feel welcome, part of a community and that, you know, that, the entire staff component, whenever they walk into our facility, greets them, makes them feel like they're part of the family. And I think culture is, um, it's family, it's, it's values. It's the same values you, you put into your, your family life, your relationships. And if you can try and replicate those values in your work environment, that is the, the key to retaining and making clients feel like they want to keep coming back. Yes. Absolutely. And I mean, you can really feel that when you walk into, into the sweat facility, you know, I always say you can have all the bells and whistles in terms of the look and feel and the, the, um, the equipment and so on. But if, if you miss that personality, then, then it doesn't last. And you can really feel that, you know, there's not once that I've walked in that I haven't felt like I'm welcome that, um, you know, usually actually you are there in person and you, you are chatting to people and uh, it's more than just arriving for a workout and then going home. Um, and even, you know, if you think about the actual Sweat 1000 classes, they've got a very, very unique uh, feeling to them, um, which I suppose keeps people coming back. Um, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, I wanted to ask you, obviously, you've been in the industry for a very long time. How did it all start? So yeah, I've been in the industry for a very, very long time. Um, started with, um, I was always very sporty at school, as was my brother, Paul. And um, we, after school, we studied our commerce degrees and then we studied uh, honors degrees in economics. Uh, actually, uh, honors degrees, we came to Cape Town. Um, and during that time, there were a lot of people asking for help. The, the, the fitness industry was slowly growing. 
And um, after we graduated from our degrees, we sat down with my parents and we told them we're not going to come back to Johannesburg and be stockbrokers. We're going to give it a go at, at personal trainers. And at that stage, no one really knew what a personal trainer was in the, the 90s. And um, so they were pretty cool. They, you know, I think it's very important to have a good support structure. And they were, give it a go, see what happens. And if you, if you like it, fantastic. If you don't, at least you've got your degrees to fall back on and you can always come back to Johannesburg and work at the stock exchange. And we just loved it. We were just very passionate about helping people and seeing people achieve the best that they could achieve. And, um, and slowly but surely we, we, we grew more and more entwined in the, in the fitness industry. And we started, we actually, in 2001, we started exporting product when the Rand weakened quite a bit against the dollar. We started a Pilates brand and we manufactured in, um, in Cape Town, exported to the States. So that was quite a fun adventure. And then we started a, um, an import company where we started bringing the top brands into South Africa and supplying all the big chains and um, retail stores. And, um, and that, yeah, and we just grew and grew. So we've been involved in everything from fitness, in, in fitness from clothing to equipment, um, to having gyms, to consulting on gym setups. Um, yeah, and just loving the and loving the journey, and it, feel, it feels like we've been involved forever, but it feels like we've been involved for a very short period of time because every single day we learn stuff. And um, just to go back on what you said earlier, I think you know when we kids and we grow up and we all on a playground and everyone's attracted to one another. There's no, you know, there's no one, no one judges. So whether you are fit or unfit, or whether you've got a big house or a small house. It's, it's totally irrelevant because kids just gravitate towards one another. And that's the, the culture that we try to have in all our businesses is that no matter who you are, or what your background is, you're always welcome. And everybody has to be, or not has to be, everyone gets treated with respect. And I think that's what brings out the best in people when they feel like they're part of a community, a sense of a community, and not only part of a community, but a community that wants them to, to achieve their best. And yeah. that's really what... All our, all our clubs have done, whether it's BUC, which is the gym side of it, whether it's Sweat 1000, which is the boutique side of it. And even if you're a, a Sweat member and you're not a BUC member, you still get treated by all the staff in exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you've built a global following. So this is, this is, you know, something I want to touch on shortly is there are people from around the world that when they come to Cape Town, sweat is their second home, you know, which is really not easy to achieve. Um, and it takes a lot, but just to zoom out, obviously our chat today is mainly focusing on culture, but what you were talking about now is actually very interesting because most people that start a fitness business are usually lifestyle business owners. Um, so, you know, you start a, a gym or a fitness business or a studio, and it's essentially a business that can grow to a, a level where it can sustain a good lifestyle and you're doing something you're passionate about. But what you and Paul have done is you've actually built in my eyes, what I would term a growth business, which is you've got a few different things in the stable, um, different revenue streams and so on. And that kind of shows that like, you know, as a fitness business owner, it's not it's not limited, you know, there's a lot more that, that, that can be achieved. And I just wanted to go back to that. Was that kind of, when you started, was that deliberate that you wanted to keep your eyes open for opportunities or is it stuff that just organically happened as you went along? 
So it's a combination. So when we started, we also started a clothing range. Um, we always really wanted to get into clothing and, and fitness apparel. And we started um, the BUC clothing range in 1995 and uh, started selling clothes at, at our facility and also at Green Market Square, which is was a flea market. I don't even know if it's still around, but yeah, I remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we started, and, and there's still people to this day that wear clothes um, with the BUC logo on, which is great to see. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of the stuff that happens along the way is all organic number one but number two is i think there's so much potential in this industry um still to grow there's there, so so any out any trainers out there anyone who wants to have their own fitness facility one day um the most important thing is to stay focused on what you do and do it well mm. and not get involved in too many different revenue streams where you actually lose focus on what your core is and, yes. and that's a big problem it's good advice so you've got to stay focused. What is your core? Why are you doing what you're doing? That is a question you've got to ask yourself every day. Are you passionate about what you're doing? When what 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 drives you? What what makes you feel like this incredible energy to wake up in the morning and go, why am I waking up this morning? What am I going to do today that's going to be different? That's going to make a difference in somebody's life? And how's that going to does that fulfill me? Is that what the drive is? Mm. And um, I think if you can figure out what that drive is to wake up every day and what makes you happy and what you're passionate about everything else will just follow the funny thing is i actually think the way it works is if you if you operate with that energy opportunities come your way as opposed to if you operate with a i don't know a different mentality that's not that that isn't a growth mindset you mm. you probably find you don't find good opportunities and yeah so that's it's it's great advice yeah, yeah. but also another very important thing is that you know, life is tough. There, there, there are there are a lot of challenges along the way, and there will be with when you start your business. There's always going to be challenges. Yes. But everybody starts out with, no one starts out wanting to fail. Yeah. Um, but as long as you, and I always say it all the time, is that as long as you fail forward and you learn from your mistakes and you grow, yeah. there's going to be times where everything's great, and there're going to be times when things aren't so great. But this, those, those low times are the times that you actually really appreciate the good times. And those are the things that drive you to get back to those good times. Absolutely. So, you know, life's got its ebbs and flows and ups and downs and nothing's plain sailing. And as soon as you realize that, mm. the more you'll be able to focus on the positive because exactly what you say, it's what you manifest. If you put out positivity to the world, to the world positivity is attracted to you. Agreed. If you go through life thinking, oh my goodness, my knees so I don't feel like training today or I've got a sore shoulder or, yeah. you know, those are the kind of things, those, all those negative thoughts that eventually start draining, not only you, but draining the people who come into your business Everything because around you, people yeah. don't, people come to a, fit, a fitness club to be inspired and motivated. And, and I hear it a lot of the times and, I, and um, people don't want to go to personal trainer mm. and hear the personal trainer talk about how bad their life is. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. So if you're telling your clients too much information right now to you stop, listen, be a better listener. You've got two ears, listen with both ears. You've got one mouth, just inspire and motivate, but listen, do not tell your clients about how bad your life is. Yeah. If you want a sustainable business. Yeah. hundred percent. You want to uplift them, not bring the energy down. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hundred percent agree. Um, speaking of energy, so like I said earlier, maybe it's just the times that I'm there, but every time I've been to sweat, you've been there yourself 
um, standing in 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 the in the reception area and having a chat with your members. Um, it feels to me like you know you know everyone by name. Obviously, that's easy to do when you're small, but when you've grown to the level that you have now, that requires a lot of energy. Um, I'd like to get an understanding in a second of how you how you scale that. Um, but how do you manage your own personal as the entrepreneur? Uh, you and Paul in the same boat. How do you guys manage your own energy to to keep you going and to keep your kind of you know exactly what you said now? Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I feed off other people's energy. So I I really stay away from negative people. I stay away from any kind of negativity, um, and I love being inspired by people's stories and um, and our clients. So so we have such a wide variety of clients coming in from celebrities who are well-known Hollywood actors to rugby players to even to students and and everyone's got an amazing story and a, you know we had a shark attack victim in the in the class the other day and and those are the stories that motivate and drive and inspire me and that's where I get the energy from there's no pre-workout or caffeine boosted protein shake that's going to yeah. give me energy but I find energy in hearing people success stories or how they've overcome various obstacle in their obstacles in their lives and uh, are still positive and still push hard every single day. Yeah. And if you can take a little bit of positivity from everyone, it just builds that energy. 100%. And that's that's what inspires both Paul and I. We we used to have an office. We had our own offices upstairs and it was great. Beautiful offices and I hate being in an office. I like people. Yeah. I love people. And yeah. um, if I was sitting, sitting in an office all day, I probably would be, I think I would have no energy, but I don't think I'd have as much energy as I have now. And um, yeah, so I like to be in the, in the mix of things. Exactly. I like to be with people. I, like, I, I, love, I love it when people come in. Today we had a really great visitor who was just in the area, just came to say hello. And I, that's what I want. I want people, even if they're not training at the gym, just come say hello, mm. come have a coffee. And keep it personal. Keep it per Yeah, keep it personal. Come yeah. say hi. Yeah, and, because, um, I mean, it is it is very inspiring. Like, I know for a fact that you and Paul being there inspires your members. Um, your classes are the hardest classes, um, but people are clamoring to get in, mm. you know, which is, which is amazing. How do you... Um, as you grow, how do you keep it personal? Mm. Because obviously the, the the sheer number of people that that you kind of that your business interacts with increases. Um, do you have any kind of systems in place with your with your staff or uh, I'm just interested to to know? Mm. So so it, it does become more and more difficult the more branches you have, not the more people you have. Mm. I think the more people you have I mean, you might not remember everyone's name, but as long as you greet them, it doesn't really matter. I don't think anyone expects you to remember their name. But if you if you can, great. Um, we have thousands upon thousands, as you said. We've got like so many foreigners coming. They might come once every two years, and they'll they'll know me, and um, and I think they'll know a lot of other trainers just because of of Instagram, and maybe they yes. follow us or whatever it is. So they go, "Hi, Andrew," and and sometimes I won't know their name. But if you just pretend like you know them and and say hi and, and be yeah. nice and, and, you, and, and welcome back and yeah, yeah and you can and and that's all it is that, 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 so so we do we have so many people coming through our doors also with the location we're at the hard part to replicate and to scale is mm. 
opening up more branches when Paul and I are not there. Yes. And and I think that's that's tough for any business. Yes. Whether it's a restaurant, whether it's in fitness, people want to see the owner. Mm. And they know that when they go to a restaurant, if it's called John's, they want to see John. Um, if John opens up a restaurant and he lives in a different on a different continent or in a different province, um, and they go and it's called John's, but there's no John there, it's how do you make that staff yes. that the staff contingent that at that specific sp- place without the owner, how do you make them replicate the culture of the business? Mm. And it's not easy. I can mm. tell you right now, it's not easy. Um, because people come and they experience exactly what you say. They experience me and Paul welcoming at the door. Whereas at the other branches, for example, you might have staff, but they mm. not to say that they're bad staff, they just don't yes. have the the people skills maybe that I might have, for example. Yeah, or the or the like the confidence and the the Correct. authority that comes with being an owner. Or the experience. Yeah. So they want my so if somebody has a bad experience at a yeah. club and I I'll know how to diffuse a situation or make them feel um that's you know that they'll want to come back or win them back. Mm-hmm. Um whereas when you've got a when you're not there and the person has a bad experience, it's very difficult. So you've yeah. got to try and explain to that staff member that you're always available. Yes. As an owner. So they can always get that client to call you. I don't care if people have my yeah. my cell number and they want to call me. I just I just want to make sure that that person has a great experience no matter what branch they go to. Yeah. And, and that's important to me. So obviously you try and instill the culture and the values and being nice to everybody when they come in the door and looking after them and making sure that they get recognized for their achievements. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a very important thing as well. All people want, and gyms are intimidating. Gyms, yeah. A gym is an intimidating place of course. for anyone. If yeah. I go into a gym in Los Angeles and I walk into the gym and I've never been there before, I'm intimidated. Yes. It's um, might be a slightly different kind of intimidation and that's why it's very important to make people feel like they're welcome. 100%. Say hello, make them feel welcome, have a coffee, sit with me. When are you coming back? Let's have a, you know, just yeah. make people feel welcome. Um, yes. And I think that's what that's what um, we all need. We all need that little bit of recognition. Well done, you did great today. And then you'll have, have a person go, I didn't, I don't think I did so great because I wasn't feeling great today and I've got a lot on my mind. I said, but you gotcha. You know, yeah. Step one is getting here, getting through the class. You never left. You still actually teaching them that that's what counts. And then yeah. they leave, instead of doubting themselves, actually um, rewarding themselves with, yeah. with, hang on, I actually did it right. Yeah. Most people would be lying in bed, but I actually made it. Exactly. And I got through it. Yeah, yeah. I got through it. And, that, and that's the most important thing. You're going to have days where you feel a bit down and you feel a bit in it, like less energy than a, a certain day where you push hard. That's mm. normal. It happens yes. to the most elite athletes in the world. Yeah, in every part of life. Yeah. In, in everything. And, um, but you've got, you got through, you just got to get through it. You just got to do, do your best. Cause that's the comp- competition is with yourself. Yeah. And if you can do your best and not beat yourself up about it, you're doing great. Yeah. It's funny. Like you're talking about this from a, from a training perspective, but if I think about it from a starting a business perspective, the same principles apply, you know, 100%. you compete with yourself. Don't worry too much about your competitors. Um, do your best, show up every day, mm. and the rest takes care of itself. Exactly. So I always say, focus on what you do and do it well. Yeah. Don't listen to the noise. And um, if you're in a if you're in a business and you're worrying about your competitors, you actually lose focus on what you're trying to do. Yeah. So you're thinking, oh, my competitors doing this. I've got to do this. So and that's yeah. not what it's, that's that's not how it should be. Competition is amazing. It's the best thing. It, 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 it's the best thing, number one, because it brings out the best in you. Yeah. Number two is it gives a better service yeah. to your clients. 
So it's great for the clients. It's great for the business owner. But don't get caught up in the negativity. Competition's great. If somebody wants to open up across the road, fantastic. Nothing wrong with it. 100%. And um, everyone's entitled to, to – and there's enough for everybody. Yeah. There really is. There's yeah. enough for everybody. You've just got to do what you do better than anyone else. Yeah. Well, I always say if you stay true to yourself – and you are true to your culture and your personality, you don't really have any competition because no. there's no one that can really replicate that. No. Um, and I mean, in, in both our businesses, I'm sure we've both seen people try to replicate what we do. Mm. Um, and it's different. It's not yeah. the same. And, you know, it may work for some people and not others. Yeah. Um, in terms of your team, so your trainers, like if I do a sweat class, um, any trainer that's giving the class has that inspiring, uplifting energy. You know, um, how do you attract these people? Do, how do you find them? Um, how do you train them and, and just portray your culture onto your staff who essentially are, are taking it forward? Yeah. So, so finding trainers is, it's tough. It's not, it's, it's a very, sweat is a very difficult class to teach. Mm. Um, you've got to worry about people on the treadmill. You've got to worry about people on the floor. And you've I've got some people on the bicycles. You've got be people able to keep up. So, yeah. so I had a class the other day. It was, a, it, was a, it was an amazing class. We had an electric violinist in the class and a DJ and it's loud. And we had people dying to get in. And so we, it was, it was oversold. We had people doing double floor. We had every single bicycle full. We had every treadmill full. It was, it was crazy. But the energy is amazing. So, mm. so, and that's what we tell to our instructors, you know, You've got to try and keep people's energy up, number one. Number two is you've also got to see, feed off everyone else's energy in the class. So what I'm saying, for example, is if you've got a, a, an overweight person in the class and they're running next to a Springbok rugby player, for example, that Springbok rugby player who might be having a down day will be motivated by the person who's overweight pushing their hardest and doing... Yes. So that energy is... It's transferable. Ex yeah, hundred percent is yeah. transferable to the person in the class as well, and it's just exactly the same with the trainers. We say the trainers feed off everyone's energy. Mm. If you see somebody doing great, up your game, mm. up your game, because they bring you bring out the best in them. Now let them bring out the best in you. And um, yeah, I think we've got an amazing, amazing group of trainers. It's a, a rigorous course mm. that we put them through. They've got to do X amount of classes um, before they even qualify as a trainer. Um, and, um, and then they've got to do demo classes and they get, you know, feed, feedback, but we've got to keep the standard high. I yeah. mean, it's easy to get somebody in and just say, teach and they do their own thing, but it's not the, the culture or the, the, the concept of what sweat 1000 is really all about. So, yes. so sweat just to break it down stands for specialized weight, endurance, and athletic training. So, and the thousands amount of calories you can burn in a class, depending on how hard you push yourself. Yes. The goal is not to say to say everybody. You're going to burn a thousand calories in this class. And if you don't, yeah, don't you come failed. back. You failed. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you burn 300 or 200 or 100. If you want to walk in a class instead of run, it doesn't matter. We just yeah. want you part of the, we just want you part of the class. Mm. And, um, and it's, and the trainers are, the trainers are there to inspire. They're there to bring out the best in people. Mm. And, and we, and, and during the car, the, the course, we, we explain to trainers, it's not about killing people. Mm. That's not what we're about. We don't want to say, Yes, the class is hard. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's tough. But we want people to come back. Yeah. And it, there's a big difference between motivating someone to do well or making mm. them despondent. A very fine line, but a big difference. Yes. So 
you know, it's very important that you don't say, you don't make people who are standing on the side of the treadmill feel like they're not good enough. Yes. So you've got to make sure that everybody in the class has an amazing experience. And it is, it's an experiential workout. Yes. There's lights, there's smoke, there's DJs, there's, we were the first pe people who had ever done it before and taken um, a concept and made it an experience and mm. a nightclub where's people feel that they're leaving on a high and that's the most important thing thing and the exercise the drug and the, mm. the endorphins and the and the willingness to come back because it's just gee i can't believe i did that so they've achieved something they didn't think they could achieve yeah. which is great and they haven't left feeling oh my gosh i could never do that again it was just it just <laughs> broke me it's just like it's, yeah. it's like this is this is too much for me to handle yeah and we do we have people that are pregnant in a class we have mm. people that have come back from a an injury, we have people that are elite athletes all in the same class. Yeah. All starting together, all finishing together. And it's like a golf handicap system. Mm -hmm. So you can play handy, you can be a scratch handicap and play with a 18 handicap, but both start level. together, finish together, and both have the best rounds of your life. Yeah. And that's exactly. basically the concept of what we're trying to do. I suppose, like, something I wanted to discuss with you today, which I think you've answered so well, is you know, you've created this brand that is recognizable and that people around the world are, you know, they, they see it, they know it, they love it, they share it, right? And, and making it shareable even amongst um, like high profile people and celebrities. Um, we've seen so many celebrities that, that come to Cape Town and come to Sweat and they've, they've got a picture at Sweat and, and so on. And what I can extrapolate, you know, I wanted to ask you how you created that, but you know, from my, from where I'm sitting, it's, it's actually the experience that you create that creates those shareable, makes people want to talk about it. You know, yeah. it's quite interesting. So the whole Instagram phenomenon of, um, filming yourself in a workout or taking pictures started, it started when we, you know, I don't ever remember it before. 2010 where i don't even know if instagram was around or not but now it's this mentality of if you don't take a picture of yourself at sweat the work had never happened <laughs> Didn't so, happen, yeah. yeah absolutely so so i'm one of those people but right? it's uh <laughs> yeah but it's it's great it's it's so nice i had a guy come in he's the last person i even knew was on instagram and he <laughs> took a photo of us the other day and um and put it up and it, it, it's so nice and we've got there's so many people and that's a nice thing is that we've got kids coming to do the classes now mm. before school and then getting having a shower and going to school That's in school awesome. uniform yeah so you know the longevity of the brand's great because you've got this young group coming through um loving the brand buying the merchandise buying the yeah. the water bottles going to school saying i did sweats you know like yeah and that that to me is is, is amazing because yeah. it shows you know especially in this world of a sedentary lifestyle where we live and kids are on computers and ipads and all kinds of mobile devices that are looking yeah. at content that's literally brainless. The yes. fact that they're still finding time to exercise and look after their health is, is, yeah. is makes me happy. So something that's coming through really strongly um, from this conversation and actually something I've experienced um, working with you is that you, you have a deep care and that you want to help people. Uh, and that's a strong driver uh, for everything that you do. Um, a little bit of a personal story. Um, you know, we knew each other kind of socially and because of what we do with Octave, uh, th there came a time where I felt like our, our platform is going to be ready for sweat. And I approached you myself about it, but 
I was quite daunted because I had this perspective that, you know, Sweat 1000 is, you know, it's a big name um, and, you know, let's see what's, what they think. And I was nervous to first meet with you. And what I found is that you and Paul were extremely approachable. Um, you, you wanted to help me. Um, so not only did you come on board to our platform, but you were wanting to con connect me with the right people to grow my business, um, which is something I, I deeply appreciate. Um, this is something that you can't buy. It's, it's not something that, that you can teach somebody. So obviously what's clear is that the people around you are attracted to you because they resonate with the, with similar values. Right. So speaking of challenges, uh, for those of you watching us, um, we've had a little bit of an issue with our lighting, but our sound is still good. So we can carry on. Fantastic. Um, so Andrew, in terms of, you know, you, you always look at successful businesses and you, you try and think of what were the magic ingredients or what are the magic ingredients? Um, obviously you, you have a premium offering. Um, it's also a premium priced offering yet your classes are full. Um, and, and, and people, you know, are willing to, willing to pay for that value. Um, I think, you know, I'm quite satisfied with the fact that I think you've answered why people are willing to pay for it. Um, but in terms of like the magic ingredients for success in your business, is there anything that you can pinpoint um, that, that could be like a, a nice takeout for other gym owners that are willing to do what it takes to achieve a, a fair bit of success? Yeah, those are very good questions. Um, I think clients need to feel that they're getting value. So the offering, um, whatever your offering is, as long as you're giving the clients a perceived sense of value, and also, I think people don't mind paying for something that they get results from. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's very important. So as long as your clients are getting results, and it's very important that your your offering is always on the cutting edge of technology and, um, and what's going on in the world. And we always stay up to date with the, the latest trends in fitness and how we can integrate those into our, our fitness programs mm -hmm. so that we always giving the client the latest in terms of technology. And then they don't have any issue paying because they feel like they're getting a premium product. And I think if you're going to charge a premium price, you've got to offer a premium product. And that goes Absolutely. for everything. Equipment's got to be well-maintained. The studios have got to be cleaned. The DJs have got to be perfect. The instructors have got to be up to scratch in terms of, of what they, the classes that they give. And every class has to be given with 110% effort. And then in terms of being successful, it's hard work. You've got to put it, you've got, if you, You've got to put in the work. Mm. It doesn't just happen. You don't just open a business and day one people come streaming in. And, and we we know what it's like. We had uh, we were closed for six odd months during COVID. Exactly. And we had to start again from scratch, literally yeah. from scratch. And um, and it's just made us work even harder to get back to where we were. And mm. um, thank goodness, um, you know, I've got a great team, great partner, and my brother. Mm. And um, you know, if you surround yourself with staff members that build you up instead of break you down. It also makes a huge difference to getting to your goals. Absolutely. And just to, to add to that, you know, you guys have been around for a long time, but I've never seen you get complacent. So having a violinist in the class 
you know, this is, it's really creative and it's, it's different to what you find elsewhere. Or like you have the, the party sessions where you've got like, you incorporate like a tequila brand into, into the session, which, which just adds a whole ele element of experience and fun. Um, so it's been really cool to see you trying new things and, and, you know, everything that you try is a potential risk, but you're willing to take certain risks that, that allow you to, to be creative and, and find, you know, great ways to improve the experience. Um, having been around in the industry, um, for as long as you have, what kind of trends have you seen over the last few years that are notable, like changes in the industry? So, the, you know, dating back three years now, when um, lockdown started, there was a lot of online training that happened. Um, a lot of people went into the online space. We were also very lucky with that. We got in at the right time. We had an amazing offering and it got the Sweat 1000 brand out to people all over the world. We had magicians in Las Vegas doing our classes. We had people on every single it's continent. Yeah. It was incredible. We had um, we had a lot of the healthcare workers from both South Africa and, and the UK, for example, um, that were giving so much to others that we decided to get them on the platform at no cost. And um, and it got the Sweat 1000 brand out there. And um, we probably got one of the biggest content libraries of online classes in the world. We shot lots and lots of classes. Um, and uh, the, the online platform still running. So that was a very, um, when I say it, COVID brought that about, mm -hmm. um, the, online, the whole online world of fitness. Um, especially because the fitness industry was so badly impacted. And then I think a lot of people have gone away from a bigger commercial gym to more yes. private results orientated offering. Yes. So whether that's in a class format in a bigger commercial gym or mm. whether it's in a, a more boutique studio, whether it's in a personal training studio, whether it's um, doing something with a, a, a coach outside, but a lot more people have gone towards coaching because they've realized the importance of both physical as well as mental health. Mm. And um, and I think if you surround yourself in a group environment with people that want you to be your best, that physical and mental health aspect is nailed. Definitely. You know, it's a whole community aspect and accountability aspect mm. um, that you don't get at a big box gym. I think we're all getting used to everything being so personalized to us. Even, you know, your Netflix account shows you, you know, programs that you like to watch, um, you know, something as simple as that. So it's, it's the same in the fitness industry. We're seeing it as well. There's, I, I liked what you said earlier, which I agree with that the boutique, specifically the boutique fitness industry, there's a lot of growth still to happen in the industry um, because people are just realizing that the experience is so much better in a group setting or in a setting where somebody knows your name, um, as opposed to going to a big gym and not really having direction or purpose for what I'm going to do today or anyone that's going to really care, you know? Absolutely. Um, Andrew, I'm going to wrap up. It's, um, I think we could sit and talk for hours and hours. I really appreciate your time, um, and your insights and nuggets. Um, I feel very privileged that I get to sit here with, with the people in, in, my opinion, who are at the top of their game. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Great.